Mental health issues and addiction affect so many of us today, and athletes certainly aren't exempt. We hear some of their stories today. Joe Tilley's Great Canadian Sports Show, coming up. We've had some wonderful guests on the program over the past year and a bit. Tremendous athletes who have accomplished some great things in the sporting arena, but it hasn't always been easy. Some of these people have had to overcome some debilitating diseases like depression. Ron Ellis helped the Maple Leafs win their last Stanley Cup. He also helped Canada beat the Soviets in the Summit Series. But Ronnie Ellis battled depression. My final two years, Joe, in the National Hockey League, uh, that's when depression really got its hold on me. And to the point that I was hospitalized and eventually had to take um, short-term leave. So it, it really impacted my life and my, my ch children. I have a son and a daughter, were in their teens at this time. My wife was the person who held it all together uh, I, I was, I had a couple of partners in a, in a new business and uh, we, we were experiencing some difficulties to say the least. And uh, all of these things just piled up to the point that um, I, I just couldn't do anything anymore. And uh, I had to get help, but that took a long time. I was very stubborn and during my hockey career, I got through injuries and other things uh, on my own, and I thought I could handle this on my own as well. But depression is is an insidious disease, and it uh, you need help. You can't do it on your own, and it took me a long time. And that's what I would say first of all is get help it is available it's even more available today than when i was going through this in the late 80s and um you just need to reach out um, and if if you can be um if they diagnose you early enough and get you on the right medications you can be back whole very very quickly within months but if you're someone like me who takes two or three years before you ask for help, um, you are going to have to maybe go through a little more adversity, like spending a little time in a hospital and getting your meds straightened out and, and all of those things. So uh, today I'm an, ad, an advocate for depression um, and I try to share my journey with people whenever asked and it's been a wonderful uh, experience because, to be honest, Joe, I never thought anything good could come out of those dark years. But to be able to help people and have them come up and say to you, you have changed my life. I even had one young lady come up to me one time. She had her father with her and introduced her father. This was after I spoke. And she said, Mr. Ellis, you saved my life. I mean, uh, how do you, again, react to those kind of things, Joe? But 
Um, I've always believed in giving back as a hockey player and uh, and also off the ice. And but the the key is get help. Get help. It is available. Former Leafs president Brian Burke learned how depression can affect those we love when his son Patrick was diagnosed. And I didn't know anything about it. I was, you know, like really uninformed and really uninterested until it affected my son, which is really sad on my part. I was, how stupid I was about it. But these are things you don't encounter until you have to encounter them. If you're well-read and intelligent and alert and aware, like I should have been, uh, you know more. But it basically, it's like Patrick. Um, so my my first wife uh, called and said Patrick's really struggling, and you got to go talk to him. So I went in and talked to him in Notre Dame. He was a senior at Notre Dame, and he told me everything was fine. He just bluffed his way through it, and the next day he couldn't get out of bed. So it's a debilitating disease, depression. It, it basically is a debilitating, crippling disease that people knew very little about then. Thank God that, that we know more about it. And then, uh, Patrick was a big help to me in learning about it and finding the proper support system for him. He's been, I mean, he's a great kid and he's been a, a great uh, supporter in that area of mental health. And of course, in LGBTQ issues as well, which I'm sure you'll get to, Joe. But uh, mental health is a, is a big cause now in the NHL, and it's about time. It's, there's, there's, there's parties that I joined very late. I got very late to the party on the LGBTQ stuff because I didn't know enough about it, and I wasn't mm -hmm. involved enough about it, and frankly didn't care enough about it back then. Same with mental health. There are things that I've gotten to the party very lately, but I'm passionate about now. When it came to problems with alcohol, former Leafs captain Rick Vive was affected a couple of times, but he's doing well today. My first time around, it was a one-night thing that happened that wasn't a very good thing, and that led me to quitting on my own at 35, and then again when it started, when I was almost 50. Um, that went downhill pretty quick. That was uh, great. shortly after that, the DUI thing happened, and it was in the media every day. And that was two and a, two years and four months of the worst two years and four months of my life. And uh, believe me, it got probably to the point where, like you say, you, you you pretty much hit rock bottom, and you say, "I can't do it anymore." And uh, I went away and got help, and. Uh, you know, lo and behold, nine years later, I'm feeling about as good as I've ever felt uh, in my entire life. So uh, I'm happy and uh, really, uh, really comfortable. For former NHL enforcer Jim Thompson, the key to the turnaround was surrender. I think of Theo Fleury's book. I loved it. I tell him this all the time when he says in there, you know, I surrendered. I was just, I surrendered to the disease and that is the best way to say it. And that's what I did. And because for how many nights, Joe, you and I sat there in, in a depression after all the goodies were gone and it's four in the morning and you're going, you know what, I am just a low life right now. And to get rid of all those demons and, and wake up 13 years sober now has just been a blessing. Clint Malarchuk almost lost his life while playing goal for the Buffalo Sabres. That was the beginning of many bottoms. You see this play a zillion times. The puck goes in the corner. Uh, you know, their guy gets to the puck first, just feeds it across the top of the crease, and uh, 
there other players break was Steve Tuttle breaking to get that backdoor play and uh, he got pulled back uh, kind of hooked well they did a lot of hooking back then and his feet came up uh, uh, defenseman Yui Krupp pulled him back a bit and Tuttle's uh, uh, skate came up and cut my jugular vein and of course that was uh, the beginning beginning unknown uh, to me uh, uh, the beginning of a new chapter in my life on so many different levels that I didn't know what was going to be the next <laughs> deal but uh, uh, I came back uh, uh, really quick like I think it was 10 or 11 days as soon as the stitches came out and I was advised by doctors not to do that I was you know told to maybe take the rest of the season off to contemplate retirement you know people questioned whether i'd be the same goalie so all those question marks i you know wanted to get back there and prove to myself that hey i'm gonna you know beat all these odds a few years after the accident clint found himself in a very dark place what followed was a suicide attempt but eventually it turned around when i got out of the hospital i immediately had to go to a a treatment facility where it was dual diagnosis where they treat your mental illness and your addiction and like i said there's usually both with mentally ill people and uh that's where i really started to learn a lot uh of course they you know i knew i had anxiety i knew i had depression i knew i was drinking too much um but you know i they were trying trying to tell me i had post-traumatic stress disorder and i'm like what are you talking about no i don't and they said, well, yes, think about it. You're, you know, think about that accident in Buffalo. And um, I said, yeah, but I came back and it didn't affect me. I was back in 10 days, you know, the baloney. I, I, you know, so you got your ego in the way. And uh, mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm trying to fight these this diagnosis because I didn't want another diagnosis on me. And uh, my counselor, therapist asked me to, uh, think about what my life was like after that accident. And that's where I started to kind of go, mm, yeah, that's where I started to really slide downhill. That's where I started my drinking career, um, you know, things like that. And um, uh, so once I claimed the disorder, once I accepted the PTSD, uh, that's when I started to really uh, get well. And it was probably two months in that place before I, I accepted it. And, um, and that's where I started to, of course, they got me on the right medication, which was huge. Um, and I claimed my, okay, I do, it's more than a drinking problem. I actually, I had no problem drinking. I was very good at it. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I, I claimed my alcoholism and, uh, you know, you know, learned about sobriety and how to be sober and stay sober and, um, you know, part of a program. And that's where I really started to heal. And that's where I started to, I was dabbling in a book. There's a lot of people saying, you, you got a, a lot of funny stories. You need to write a book. And that's where I thought, you know, uh, you know what? I am going to finish a book and it's not going to be full of funny stories. It's going to have some, because that's part of my life. Uh, but it's going to be on, on what I've gone through my experience, uh, dealing with mental illness as a kid, the undiagnosed parts, the, you know, and of course, this is quite a few years later, you know, in life. So there was more progress being made in the mental health fields and, you know, with doctors, therapists, medications, all these things were, you know, uh, have grown to a great uh, degree.
So that's when I uh, wrote my book, and that was the beginning of a new chapter in my life. I had no idea. You know, I think people that struggle with mental illness and or addiction, uh, uh, we think we're the only ones. And, uh, you know, and, and there's also the stigma because there's a lot of guilt and shame surrounding mental illness uh, because of the stigma. And, uh, you know, so we think we're the only ones and then you go oh, for me anyways and I go okay there's other people for sure but they're not as sick and dark as me and uh, so when I wrote my book uh, which was very very hard to do um, you know because you're going back and opening up old wounds my counselor cautioned me said you're you'd be careful uh, because it could cause you know some opening the wounds again and you're trying to heal but uh, writing the book uh, and the feedback that I got from so many people, I, I was able to say, wow, there's a lot of Clint Malarchuk's out there. And uh, made me realize that I'm not alone. I'm not the only one. And I'm not the sickest and darkest. Uh, there's a lot of us. And, um, uh, you know, that started my speaking career, which I, I really, really enjoy. Put it this way. The book was the hardest thing I ever did in my life, writing it. But it was also uh, after... Uh, it was published. It's, it's the my greatest accomplishment in life. Uh, yeah, I played in the NHL, but it, it, it and the NHL is a part of my life and it's part of my book. Uh, but the book was very difficult to write, but it was my greatest accomplishment and gave me the most satisfaction once it was out on the shelves. Jerry Cooney was one of the hardest hitting heavyweights in the history of boxing, but alcohol knocked him on his butt. He found a way to turn his biggest weakness into his greatest asset. Let me just tell you a story, right? So I'm, I was seeing this therapist and he said to me, Jerry, when you close your eyes, what do you see? I said, I see a big black hole. And he said to me, good. Now you got to start going in that hole. And I thought, you're out of your mind. I'm not going in that hole. But I've been going in that hole ever since and it's the greatest thing I've ever done. You know, you know, yeah, you know we face, yeah, we face that reality. We face who we are. We come to terms with who we are and stop the bs right stop the bs and reach out for help which is the most important thing we can do which is something like people you and i before that happens don't want to do want to be able to do it myself want to be able to fix it myself but the problem is we can't mm -hmm. and and the old saying is that if we could have done it we would have we just couldn't do it on our own so we, we have to reach out for help um but you uh so that you know you you, you got to that point you reached out, and then what, what? Like, how bad was it for you? Like, where, where, where did you? What point did you get to where? You well, said, I drank oh every God. day. I mean, I drank every day. I didn't have a job. I didn't, you know. I was uh, trying to figure out what, what next. I mean, after the Holmes fight, really, I stayed in the game, but the fight was really gone for me. I just didn't know what to do. I had these two managers that wanted to keep making money, and they put me back in there again. And finally, in the Foreman fight, I finally, for the first time, I got to turn the page. I was hadn't had a drink or a drug in a year, a year and a half, and I was able to turn the page on my life. Look at that kid! I can't believe that, and and move on and to participate in my in my um, participate in life and to find out what direction I want to go and what can I do? Who can I help out and what can I make out? And, and that's uh, what my path has been since. Uh, uh, moving forward, there's Big George in there, that wise guy. He could punch that man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With, with both hands. And, and Michael Moore found that out, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, so 
you know, and, and George is kind of a nice comeback story too, right? I, I read his book, Big George, and, uh, you know, he talks about how he looks at himself before in those old days. He was just a bad dude. He just had bad intentions, bad dude, had, uh, no focus, and and uh, he just uh, he, he was able to change and turn his life around as well. Well, you know, after he lost to Jimmy Young that night, he said he saw God in the dressing room, and he kind of changed his life. And, you know, listen, he's a big, good guy. He helps a lot of people. Uh, he did a great thing for boxing. And, uh, you know, we're all slowing down a little bit. You know what I mean? Time goes too fast for us. But, man, I had a great time, bro. It was really fun meeting all the people. I mean, at one time I was at a party in Las Vegas with Holmes, and I met everybody I ever wanted to meet in my whole life that one night. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Muhammad Ali, Frank Sinatra, Bob Hope, uh, you know, you just name them. I could name them all. Uh, you know, uh, God, there's so many great, great guys. Dean Martin walking around with martinis. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just a great life and a great experience. And, uh, and I love the game. I wish I had made some different choices, but then I might not be here anyway. If I had, I won the fight with Holmes that night. Life was so fast for me. I might not be here today. So I count my blessings. I'm grateful to God and uh, I try and stay in my lane. That's all I can do, stay in my lane. Steve Beaupre was an eight-time Canadian champion in the ring. In sobriety, he was reintroduced to his native roots. Now, he works for the indigenous community, helping them through their addiction. I learned about really myself, my culture, started beginning of that culture. I, I mean, I learned, began to learn it when I went to that treatment center, but then that was just the more. I started learning more. We brought in elders, and and, and um, I started going to ceremonies. I, I met this old man when I started. I met this old man he's from the mountains. His name was Peter Ochis, and he was an oral, Another oral Peter, teacher. Yeah. I could, yeah, so I didn't, couldn't, uh, I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't write anything down. I had to, if I asked him a question, right, I, I would have to, have to again, just I'd have to remember it orally, right? And so it was pretty neat that I started. And I worked with that old man for 15 years before he passed. He passed at 113, and he taught us about those those um, ceremonies, how to do ceremony. And I worked, uh, I was a scrubewas, a help in the language, that's a, a helper. And so I think I'm a helper in, in, in the addictions field. That's when I am, a scrubewas, a helper. You know, because I don't do the changing. They do. They have to do the work, right? I'm just that guide. This behind me, if you look behind me, my my trophies, my plaques, what I've done in school, and and just the you know even I won a premier award for Sioux College. They're nominated for me for a premier award, and so yeah, just those things. That that's about that only can happen because of recovery. But boxing helped me because when I come when I think of that. And when I come, and I was struggling that first year, uh, yeah, and I, I went to treatment. And when I come back, um, the discipline to train, to to work out, that's the thing I had that helped me. With my, I, I made that dis that discipline, right? When we boxed, when we train, we train like when I look at the training, um, we train like madmen. <laughs> we were just mad, like we trained at an elite level, right? And so I I took right. that discipline and I said. Okay, I got to apply this to my recovery each and every day, right? And everything I do, I try to do do that to you know give it a hundred percent. So, I mean that's 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 what I thought. That 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 was a picture of me um, coming when I came out of retirement, and I won my 
my eighth title. And my, my kids always tease me. My kids, they say, uh, your eighth title was a myth. <laughs> and I tell them, and then I tell them the story. They, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they, they, they say, dad, your eighth myth, your eighth title was a myth. I tell them, no, that was the most important because I was clean and sober. And they, that's, they've only seen me clean and sober, right? They haven't seen me when I was drinking, right? So, uh, yeah, I've been on this journey for 32 years now. Former Leafs defenseman Jim McKenney had his career sidetracked by addiction. But he found a solution to his problem in the rooms of recovery with help from other alcoholics and addicts. The disease had me in its grip and my son was in the same, same predicament. And uh, he, he came in a program, got a couple of years sober, then he went out on a, a toot and uh, a guy came up to him uh, in a meeting that he'd never been to before. When he came back, he didn't want to go to his home group because he was too embarrassed. So he went to a meeting he'd never ever been to before. And this guy comes up to him and says, listen, kid, you look like you're hurting. I've got the answer for you. And Jason told him to beat it, you know, mind his own business. He went to another meeting the next night he'd never been to in his life. Same guy was there. He said, listen, God's talking here. Go get yourself a book and we'll go to coffee time and we'll start going through it. Within two weeks, Jason was bouncing off the walls. He had better recovery than I did. And I had five years, I was five years sober. And I asked him what happened. And he tells me the story about this guy that took him through the book. And I said, well, where, where are these guys? And he said, well, they, they have meetings down on the beaches tomorrow night. I said, well, I'm, I'm going to go. I went to there at the first guy I, I bumped into when I went into the meeting, I asked him to take me through the book. He said, well, where do you live? I said, Hyde Park. He says, oh, I, I'm at uh, Bloor and Keel. I said, perfect. So we could meet at the, the Grenadier restaurant every morning for like 30 days, 35 days. And he ended up taking me through the first 164 pages of the book. And, and then after that, I started taking people through the book and it just, it just mushroom from there and uh I've, I've never had a problem since you know i i have I, you know, as far as drinking and, and uh, drug and go I, I i have no desire at all to, to ever drink or use drugs again but my behavior gets a little offside every once in a while if i stop doing what i have to do you know because i'm still crazy you know the main problem for the alcoholic isn't isn't uh, the the phenomenon of craving that we get when we put the stuff into us. The main problem is if you know you've got the, the phenomenon of craving, why would you do it? And that's the insanity of the disease. You keep thinking it's going to be different every right. time, and it is different. It's worse. Yeah, it, always, it gets worse. Yeah. It's a progressive disease that always gets worse, and it's, and it's rampant out there now. I work at a treatment center. They got 40 people in there now. And uh, I haven't been able to go because of the COVID. So I'm, I'm going to eventually start working on Zoom there. But uh, right. you know, it's, just, it's packed. Another another place I used to work out in, uh, in Port Hope, it's packed. It's packed. And they're opening a new one that's got 40 more beds. So they'll have 60, they'll have 60 beds at that place. And it'll be full. You know, it, it's it's rampant out there, and uh, you know people are, are terrified for their kids, and uh, you know so they, they send them to the treatment centers, and and the treatment centers can keep you sober for for 30 days. You know, they, they physically they can they can isolate you from booze and alcohol and drugs, but 
they can't look after the, the mental part. That's you. You got to do that yourself. You know, and that's right. using this book. This book and this book get you to God. And I'm not religious. I'm just I'm, I'm spiritual. I can get spirituality like that. Right. If I, want to, if I want to be a Catholic or a Buddhist or, or a Hebrew or something, it's going to take me 10 or 11 years to, to learn the, all the disciplines of those religions. So, I, you know, there's no way that I, I would do that. But I, I can believe in a power greater than myself, just like that. And, you know, a power greater than Jim. And I, and I don't have to go around looking for my problem. All I got to do is go up into the washroom and have a peek in the mirror. There's my problem right there. Me, I'm my problem. I, I caused all my own trouble. You know, I I got sick with this disease and, and I didn't get help right away. And I'm sure the help was all always offered to me, but uh, I never took it. So, and, there, and now, like I, I'm working with maybe five guys uh, a week, three times, five guys three times a week. And I go to a couple of meetings a week, so I ended up doing about 18 meetings a week. This Zoom stuff is, is fantastic. Eurico Rosa da Silva was Canada's top jockey, but he had to overcome some deep-seated demons along the way. He found the best way to face his fears was to practice honesty. You train to be strong in life, thinking that you hold all this secret, you're very strong and you know, but end of the day, my friend, if you want a cure for yourself, you have to open up, you know. Um, I, um, I only start uh, 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 overcome this when I start open up because uh, there is a darkness. When you put the light on the darkness, my friends, all the shame and guilt disappear. And I can say this with my own experience, okay. And it's very important. Psychology is very important. And then, you know, I divorced and I, I, I met Orla. My wife is such a big supporter, you know, uh, and I'm very open with my wife. You know, if we start um, having a little bit of uh, uh, tension on the relationship and I am honest to her, I said, listen, uh, I'm the guy that I need you. Uh, I need your support all the time. I can't go sleep sleeping uh, in the same bed with tension because I know my own mind that is going to try to me uh, uh, sabotage me to go with growth, and it's not uh, because uh, I feel like is a is a um, uh, anyone is more beautiful than you. It's just the sabotage, and and if I have a little bit feeling, a little spark on my mind, and the first person I run to my wife and I tell her, and guess what, you know. Uh, uh, she uh, <clears throat> she's there all the time, you know. And you have these kind of people behind you that make a lot of difference. And I have great friends, you know. I have great friends, and uh, and uh, and you have that support, and you feel strong every day. And uh, and today, I feel very strong about. And if I have any feelings inside myself. And I will open up because that is the way for you to keep going forward and forward. Joe Tilly's great Canadian sports cast will continue. My comrade. Hey, I'm Canadian rocker Tommy Gunn, and you got more Joe Tilly sports coming up.
guests on Joe Tilly Sports receive a gift certificate from Classica Imports. Top of the line, imported men's clothing. Check out the Classica Essential Collection now. Go to shopclassica.com. Slow play. It's a slippery slope. First you go looking for that lost ball, and then everything goes sideways. There are a lot of golfers on the course. Make certain of your point of entry, look quickly, and move on. Remember, we're here for a good time, not a long time. Find anything, Bob? Not yet. When I'm working out, I like to wear my Joe Tilly's Great Canadian Sports Show t-shirt. It makes me feel handsome and strong. If you want a t-shirt, support the show, click on the link below. Now, back to my workout. 1,761, 1,762, 1,763, 1,764. Addiction Rehab Toronto, Toronto's number one alcohol and drug treatment center, saving lives, reuniting families. The only treatment center in the province to offer medical detox, treatment, sober living, and lifetime aftercare all in one place. Our unique and specialized programs are designed to equip our clients with the tools to successfully lead a life of dignity, respect, and purpose. Let us help save your life or your loved one's life. Call today for more information or to facilitate an intervention. 1-855-787-2424 or visit addictionrehabtoronto.ca. Joe Tilly Sports is brought to you by COSA. Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, providing a united voice for harness horse people racing at Ontario tracks. Check out your benefits today at COSAonline.com and check out COSA TV on Facebook and YouTube for all the latest harness news and live action updates. Live racing year-round. Go to hpibet.com for all your wagering options. Become a member today and your first bet is free. That's hpibet.com. Looking back at an exciting year of harness racing, Ross Nificent with a magnificent effort in the Breeders' Crown Finals for Pacing Mares back in October at the Meadowlands, holding off the favorite Lion Sentinel. Scott Zeron drove for trainer Lyndon Toscano, the 15-time winner owned by Enviro Stables Limited, South Mountain Stables, and Little E LLC. Is Crown Nificent? It's Rock Nificent, and then Lion Sentinel. Another stunner in the one million dollar Pepsi. North America Cup in September at Mohawk. Bulldog Hanover, the three to five favorite, had the lead heading into the stretch, but there were some fine looking horses in hot pursuit. Watch for Desperate Man with Trevor Henry in the buggy for Kathy and John Chicken. The folks in Arthur, Ontario were ecstatic. Let's get the call of that finish from Ken Middleton. It's Bulldog Hanover coming into the stretch. Perfect sting from first over. Rocky Road Hanover in the pocket spot. Still there at the rail is Bulldog Hanover. Perfect sting. 
Off cover, Desperate Man. And it's Desperate Man pacing up late for Henry coming on. Desperate Man on the far outside. Desperate Man, there's no desperation in those strides. He's a Pepsi North America Cup winner. And he scores in 149 and three. Time now for the RICOM Wrap. Sports news that's close to home. All right, looking back at an interesting year for the local teams, the Blue Jays came oh so close to grabbing a spot in the postseason. They went into Baltimore, swept the Orioles, doing everything they had to do. Unfortunately, they came up just one win short on the season. The Red Sox and Yankees earned the wild card spots, but there are some promising signs as we look ahead, even though they lost Marcus Simeon. The Leafs won their division, but bowed out to the Habs in round one of the playoffs again. Who saw that coming? Obviously, that injury to John Tavares was a major factor, but I do like the Leafs' chances this time around. Whatever the Raptors, you need to well, their season the was a complete you know, write-off. Less without a home because Kyle of the pandemic, playing on a Tampa. They never got a chance to get it going. And, um, but the horrible record did allow them to grab the fourth year. overall pick um, in the draft, which they used to scoop Scotty Barnes. He is good. They took Delano Banton, a local kid in round two. Yes, things are definitely looking up for the Dinos. Well, the curtain came down on a legendary Canadian racing career this past fall. The great Pink Lloyd, one of the finest sprinters in Canadian history, took on seven tough competitors in the $200,000 Kennedy Road Stakes it would buy. They covered six furlongs. Rafael Hernandez aboard Pink Lloyd, the seven-time Sovereign Award winner, trained by Bob Tiller. Clayton had the lead as they turned and headed for home. Let's pick up the call of the finish from track announcer Robert Geller. Pink Lloyd down the outside. Pink Lloyd's within a length of the leader and down the outside Super Stonehenge. Pink Lloyd coming. It's Clayton joined by Pink Lloyd on the outside. Pink Lloyd and Richie's in the house. Pink Lloyd's in front. Pink Lloyd, monumental again, has won his final race in glory. Pink Lloyd's 29th win in 38 career starts, a record 26 stakes win. Over $2.4 million earned for Entourage Stable. The nine-year-old son of Old Forrester will now be retired to the long-run program. It is a great program. All this story is unbelievable. Do too much for the fans, for Woodbine, trainers, owners. You know, everybody is a lot of people behind this horse. They work so hard. And um, I appreciate the owner and Mr. Bob. Thank you again to let me write this unbelievable. He's a legend. He proved today he was a legend. The good Lord looked after him. I didn't think he'd win today. You know, it looked awful tough to me. And uh, the only thing I liked is all the speed to race because I've been saying all along and not too many people listen. And he loves to run ad horses. Yep. And I was just hoping Rafi would get room. And I said at the head of the lane, you know what? He, here he comes. So we we're blessed to win this race. It's a, a tremendous way to go out. You know, he's been Woodbine's horse, he's been Canada's horse, and, you know, you, you, the next time some horse win 26 stakes and 29 races at Woodbine, let me know about it. Today's environmental tip. In some countries, folks are renting Christmas trees. That's right, the market is growing. Why do they do it? Well, they get to enjoy a healthy, real Christmas tree without worrying about what to do with it afterwards. There is zero waste because the tree doesn't die. Rented trees can be replanted and cared for by the supplier, ready to use again next year. RICOM.
Passionate people who turn complicated business problems into simplified technology solutions. For public and private sector real estate, properties, portfolios, and enterprise customers. Optimize and future-proof smart buildings from the ground up. Smart Tech Solutions, the latest in fault locating, base building network design, managed services, cybersecurity, data analytics. Our fault detection will support all smart strategies, define projected outcomes for capital planning, and reduce environmental impact. RICOM, smart protection solutions. At RICOM, we're building a path to a smart and environmentally friendly future and a carbon-free economy. And we close with the folks who make this show possible. These are friends, trusted business associates, and all-around great folks. We highly recommend them all. A reminder that the show is now also available on Spotify, iTunes, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Podcast, and Pocket Cast, as well as the Spanglish Network and Zingo TV. Also, like and subscribe the show on YouTube. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. Joe Tilly's Great Canadian Sports Show is brought to you by Brian Gribben Insurance Planning, helping you solidify your financial future. At BGIP, what we do that's unique in the marketplace is we show people how to spend and enjoy their money in their early years of retirement without the fear of running out. Also, we're able to do this without you having to change financial advisors. Please look us up at bgip.ca today. Let's book a 30-minute phone call to see how we can bring value to you and your family in your planning. Call Brian today for all your retirement needs. We did 905-686-5678. Brought to you by MNP, a leading Canadian national accounting, tax, and business consulting firm. MNP proudly serves and responds to the needs of our clients in the private, public, and non-for-profit sectors. Through partner-led engagements, MNP provides a collaborative, cost-effective approach to doing business and personalized strategies to help people and organizations succeed across the country and around the world. With local offices in Oshawa, Toronto, Mississauga, Burlington, and more, our team is here to support you. Visit mnp.ca to learn more. I'm Joe Tilly, and I want to tell you about the painting pros. Patrick and his crew recently came into my home, and they painted the walls. They added some color. It's fantastic, and I can't be more satisfied with the work they did. That crew is tremendous. They were professional. They were courteous. They were respectful. Island. That's why I put on my Joe Tilly's Great Canadian Sports Show mask. If you want to support the show, pick up a mask, click on the link below.